TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. The madness of March has hit the Scoop Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Scoop Podcast episode 286 on this Friday night, the 6th of March. I can expound on this later on in the podcast, but I have zero reason to believe that Richard Pitino will be fired. I have every reason to believe from digging enough that Richard Pitino will be back as Gophers coach. There are just no signs. I get it. Things can change. It's fluid. I get all of that. But as of right now, for myriad reasons, I have reasons to believe that Richard Pitino will indeed be back as Gophers coach. If you listen to this podcast regularly, going back weeks, I had mentioned that somebody pretty high up the university food chain had mentioned to me that now this was before the Iowa debacle, and after the Iowa debacle, there was the Maryland debacle. And it's not like the end of the Indiana game, the game here, or the end of the Wisconsin game, the game in Madison. It's not like those games went well, but I think we can call the Iowa loss here and the Maryland loss here both debacles. So granted, this was something this individual told me before the Iowa debacle, but I'm just telling you from that and from other intel in recent days, I have reasons to believe that Richard Pitino will be back as Gophers coach. A reminder, his buyout would be $2 million if he is let go before May 1st. Sunday, Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska will be at the barn. It's the last Gophers home game of the year. It is senior day. Alihan Demir, Michael Hurt, I'm sure that'll be a little awkward for Michael Hurt. Heck, he started games his sophomore year. Started 14 games after Amir Coffey got hurt. He barely plays at this point. So that'll be interesting. Michael Hurt celebrated on Sunday. Although Michael, I think, will be around for a little bit, much like Jarvis Johnson is still involved with Gophers basketball. I guess I would not be shocked if Michael Hurt is involved with Gophers basketball beyond this year. Sunday will be a big recruiting day for the Gophers. Among recruiting luminaries that will be at the barn, I'm told, Chet Holmgren, big-time junior big man from Minnehaha Academy, Trey Holloman, big-time point guard, sophomore Creighton Durham Hall, Good News Capagel, he played in high school at North St. Paul for former Gopher Damian Johnson. He's now at Southwest Mississippi Community College. He'll be in the house. He was at Kansas State, then ended up at this community college in Mississippi, Prince Alegbe, Hersey Miller, Chase Carter, that's Randy Carter's son, Demarion Watson-Salisbury, Willie Wilson, good player at Minneapolis North, and Braden Carrington, who's a good player at Park Center. He just picked up an offer the other day from Missouri. All those local players or locally-based players will be at the barn on Sunday as guests of the Gophers. A player the Gophers are after for next year's team is Michael Robinson. He is a small forward from Sunrise Christian Academy. Richard Pitino went down to Kansas Sunrise Christian Academy a couple weeks ago to see Robinson, and he made him an offer soon thereafter. Let's get to know Michael Robinson. Michael, thanks for your time. I look forward to getting to know you over the next few minutes. I guess take us through... You know, I saw on, on social media a couple weeks back that Richard Pitino had gone down to Kansas to see you. Then he made you a scholarship offer. I guess just take us through, you know, how that came about, how even Richard Pitino connected with you. Uh, Coming here at Sunrise, you know, I mean, just, you know, the history about Sunrise, you know, just just a lot of good good things. So coming here, you know, I just I just told myself, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come here and just work. And then uh, that's what I did. So my coaches got me prepared and uh, got got me ready for those moments for when you know, you know those colleges come to see me. So 
when they came out to practice, I mean, I just I just do what I do every day. And I just I just played and played my game. And I mean, Richard Richard Patino, he loved he loved what he saw. You know, him uh, Coach Kyle Linsett came down and they just loved what they saw. So I mean, and ever since then, the relationship has just been built in the building. So nothing but good things for uh, Coach Patino. And I suppose you bring up the name Kyle Linstead, who's on Richard Patino's staff. He's the former, correct me if I'm wrong, but the former head coach at Sunrise yes, Christian. Sir. So maybe the connection with Kyle is what got Patino interested? Yes, sir. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So Linstead and Patino fly down. They see you a couple weeks ago, and you say that, that the relationship has just blossomed since that moment. I guess expound on that. How exactly has the relationship between you, Richard Patino, Kyle Linstead blossomed over the last few weeks? Uh, I mean, just, you know, Coach, Coach Linstead, I mean, every, every day he's he sending me messages, you know, checking how I'm doing, sending me highlights from the teams and stuff like that. And then actually when Coach Patino came down in person, we had, we had a nice conversation, you know. Uh, I mean, the conversation was just great. Uh, I love, I love the, the energy from, from, from both coaches, you know. I just, I just feel like it's all real. I, I, just, I just love, love the energy that they bring to, to, uh, to the recruits. Like, they have real energy. I mean, is there any temptation to give them a commitment here pretty quick, or do you need to visit the campus first? Uh, I mean, yeah, yes, sir. I'm gonna. I plan on. I plan on visiting uh, sometime this month. You know, right now I'm really focused on the national tournament that that, that I'm here at Sunrise. You know, I'm here trying to make sure my teammates are focused for that. And then after that, that's when I really sit down with my family. We're going to talk about visits and things, things like that. Who are some of the other schools? So the Gophers have offered you. Who are some of the other schools in your mix? Uh, right now, offer wise, uh, Austin P has offered my uh, my latest offer was North Texas offered me. Uh, San Diego has offered me, uh, and, and a couple more, a couple more other schools out. And right now, just just a lot of interest here and there. And how about okay? So from an interest standpoint, I guess what schools are showing interest that maybe could offer soon? Uh, right now that I've been hearing of, like Virginia Tech has uh, has been has been talking to me, you know, saying they're going to come out here and there. And uh, Central Central Connecticut State has has been has been hitting me up a lot. I mean, that, that's pretty much it right there. We're talking with Michael Robinson, Sunrise Christian Academy, small forward, class of 2020. The Gophers hope that he's wearing the maroon and gold as soon as next year. I guess, Michael, you said that Kyle Instead has sent you some clips. You've watched the Gophers, that they feel like you'd be a good fit. I mean, I guess from a, from a style standpoint, stylistically, the way Richard Patino plays, how does that fit your skill set? Uh, I think I think that fits my skill set well. You know, like just just from looking at the clips, I see I see like a lot of freedom with their players. You know, coach coach Patino. You know, if if you gain his trust and you show that show what you can do, I feel like yeah, no problem. Like then you just play down the court. So I mean that that's very huge for me. Knowing what kind of player I am, you know, I like I like to get out there, play fast, have a lot of energy, go out there and talk. So I feel I feel like that that would be a, a huge a huge advantage for uh, me me going going there on campus and just just playing that for the Ghosts. Do you have some position flexibility? I mean, you're listed as a small forward, but, I mean, can you guard in addition to guarding threes? Can you also guard twos, maybe even yes, guard sir. some fours? Yes, sir. Uh, here at Sunrise, pretty much my whole life, I mean, I've been defending the one through the four. So, you know, that's, that's nothing to me. So, if Coach Bettino needs me to come in there and set the tone on defense on the ball handler, that's what I'm going to do. If you need me to go down there and bang with, with the big on the opposing team, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, that that's why – I'm just. I feel like I'm just so versatile with uh, many positions I can defend. So that's another thing that I'll be bringing to the table for the Gophers by five, ten minutes. When you say bang, I mean, I guess how much? How much do you weigh now? And I guess from a size standpoint, you're about six feet six. See, yeah, six 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 seven, about two fifteen. 
All right, so, I mean, and presumably, I mean, wherever you end up, you're going to spend a lot of time in the weight room over the summer, so by next October, November, December, you're presumably going to add even even more muscle. Most definitely, yes, sir. That's the plan. So, okay, so take us through. Okay, so so you guys are playing in a national tournament here later on this month, here in the month of March, and after that, you'll plan on visiting the campus here? Yes, sir. Actually, uh, our tournament is actually one week, like next week, so after that, uh, I, I get back home on the 15th, and then uh, after that, I'm going to talk, you know, with my family and Coach Linstead and Coach Patino, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get a date figured out here pretty soon. So it's coming. I mean, is there a desire to play at the next level, at the highest level? I mean, nothing against North Texas, San Diego, some of the other schools, Austin P that you listed, but Minnesota being in the Big Ten is a level above. I mean, is there a desire to play at the highest possible level? I mean, most definitely. That, that that's what I've been been striving for my whole life. You know, I mean, the way I push myself, the way the way I work, my work ethic is just for the highest level. So, I mean, right now, shoot, that, that that's what I'm aiming for right now. And then Big Ten basketball, you can't beat that. You know, you got Michigan State in there, you got all Maryland, all these type of teams. So that that's the best you're gonna get right there. Take us through what kind of offensive player you are. So you described on defense, you guard one, two, three, four. You can bang down low. You can you can guard in the perimeter. I guess describe your offensive game to us. So offensive game, actually, the the conversation that me, Coach Latino, and Coach Linson had is that you know next year they said that they're going to need me to you know be able to to catch the ball in the perimeter and be able to get to the basket and finish. Be able to catch, get to the basket and create for others. You know, like my my game offensively is just like so unselfish, like. Even here at Sunrise, I mean, it just, it just taught me so much how important ball movement is. So, me me going out there knowing that, you know, how big I am, how how, how I can move at this size, it just it helps me uh, help others because, I mean, it makes the game so much easier that I know I can set my teammate up for open shot or I, or I can go down to the lane and throw it up to my big because, you know, I know he's right there. So, offensively, it's just the same as defense. I'm just versatile with it. Like, like pick, I come off the pick and pops, you know, I can do the pick and rolls. I can beat a ball handle off the pick. So, Right now, it's just true. I just got to keep working on it, and then just, just take off from there. You have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder that that you know you don't have a ton of big time offers. I mean, do you have? Which is not a bad thing, by the way. That that you're uber motivated by that. Yes, sir. Most definitely. That that that's. I had a chip on my shoulder since I started playing. You know, like even when I was younger, I mean, I was always getting like overlooked. So that that just added more fuel to the fire. And that, hey man, that that's kind of plan I am. I just go out there and just play again like it's my last. Never was handed anything. Everything I got was earned. And just, just congratulate myself on that because I know the work I put into this and I'm going to keep putting into it. Michael, tell us about, you know, before you got to Sunrise Christian, you know, where where you are from. And I guess, you know, who did you play with in the summer? Uh, I'm from Houston, Texas. And uh, this year I played with Team Harden on the uh, Adidas Gauntlet mm-hmm. circuit. And then the year before that I played with Kuz Elite. Uh, PJ Kuz, he actually, he's actually from Wichita. He went to Wichita State. And, you know, uh, but I mean, playing playing with Team Harden this year was was big. You know, uh, being able to play against some of the best players on the circuit, I think I think that really helped my game too. Did Richard Patino talk to you, Michael, about? So he's got Jamal Mashburn Jr. coming in next year. You know, six feet, six one. You know, more a guard. He's got the Mitchell kid from the Chicago area, six ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can play a little three, but maybe ultimately he's more a four. He needs to put on some weight, but maybe ultimately he's more a four. That there is an obvious need for a small forward. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I mean, you know, just from a logical standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it seems like you're as big a priority outside of maybe, and he may have Richard Patino. That is, Michael. 
may have multiple scholarships to play with because Daniel Oturu has a chance to be a first-round pick in the NBA draft. So I guess I would not be shocked at all. In fact, I'd be shocked if he came back. So I think he leaves, so that frees up a scholarship. You know, I don't know if Richard talked to you about a kid here from, from the Minneapolis-St. Paul metropolitan area, Kerwin Walton, who's at Hopkins High School, who's like a two-slash-three. But to me, there would be an obvious... You know, an obvious need, even if Walton ended up committing here, which he's got a lot of options, so that's no lock. But even if Walton ended up here, I would think there'd be room for you. Yes, sir. So, I mean, heck, we can do it right now, Michael. If you want to make some news here on 50,000 watts of radio, if you want to make some news right now, you can commit to the Gophers right now if you want to. Uh, uh, right, right now, you know, still, still got to talk to my family about that. I can't pull no strings right now, but... No, right now it's, it's a high, it's a high chance right now. That, that that's the most I can say. I mean, have you? I mean, you watch some of the clips. Have you watched the Gophers? You know, they're on national TV all the time. Have you been able to catch them? You know, for a full game or multiple games, just to watch. You know, as opposed to just you know a clip here or a clip there, but but full most, games on how they play. Most definitely. I mean, I, I've saw a lot of games that they play. You know, here at Summer with my teammates, we we watched. I watched some with my coaches, and they they you know, actually studying the game, seeing how they play. So. I mean, right now I'm I'm just really excited to you know to go up there, check out the campus, you know, really really just keep keep building this family type relationship that I got with them. So right now, nothing, nothing but good things to say about them. Michael, this was fun. I'm glad that there's a lot of good things to say. I'm biased because it's my alma mater. I am a graduate. Somehow they gave me a degree. So even though I'm supposed to be unbiased. You know, doing talk radio here in the Twin Cities and doing some television. You know, I can bleed a little bit of maroon and gold. So I hope everything works out for you. It's good to get to know you and certainly stay in touch when you make it here to the Twin Cities in the coming weeks. Most definitely. I got you. We transition from a class of 2020 player that the Gophers want to a player in the class of 2023. He's a ninth grader at Totino Grace. It is Taysen Chapman. He is a rare player that holds a Gophers offer, and he's only a freshman in high school. Chapman also holds an offer from Marquette. He's only getting better and better. Those offers will come streaming in over the next 12 to 18 months with already two big-time programs offering him. I was over at Totino Grace High School recently. Nick Carroll does a great job running the Totino Grace boys basketball program. And I had a chance to get to know Taysen Chapman. Here is a brief conversation with ninth grader Taysen Chapman, who has an offer from the Gophers. Taysen, do you like how you guys are playing as, and I've talked to a lot of your teammates about this, and even Coach Carroll, as the calendar flips here from February to March and, and the playoffs start and ramp up. Do you like how this team is playing right now? Yeah, I think we're building a, um, a lot ahead of steam by uh, beating a lot of teams. So they want to make a good playoff run. And, I mean, where can you guys get better as, as you start to size up, especially in 3A, Minnehaha, and De La Salle. And for you guys to win a state championship, you're going to have to go through them. Yeah. Where can you guys get better? Um, I think defense, just paying attention to the scout and just focusing on the main players and just shutting them down. Describe the kind of player you are to us. I mean, we see from afar you have the Gophers offer and the Marquette offer and things are ramping up on, on your own front. But describe to us the kind of player you are. Uh, I think I'm a good offense player, but I like to get my teammates more involved, you know, passing, making them uh, get open shots and just seeing them do good. So, I mean, in some ways a combo guard where you're going to look to score, but you also look to involve your teammates as much as possible as well? Yeah, combo guard. Yeah. Do you play mostly on the ball? Uh, yeah, I can play off the ball a little bit too, but I like to play more on the ball to make my teammates open shots and stuff like that. And, I mean, a score inside and outside, I mean, you like where your three-point shot is at? Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, how about defensively? How would you describe yourself on defense? Um, I say I can guard 94 feet, but it's something I need to work on for sure. Are you still growing? Like, are the growth plates still open? Are you still going to be growing here for a couple of years? Um, I think so. I think the dice that I have like two, three more inches. So, yeah. And then how tall are you right now? Uh, six three. So I mean, imagine being a combo guard at you know six five, six five and a half. I mean, that's pretty ideal, isn't it? Yeah. On the Gophers offer, how much pride do you take in having that hometown offer? A lot. It means a lot. Uh, me and my teammates been working all summer, all season to work towards this goal and. It's a big accomplishment. How did the offer come about? Like, take us back to that moment when either Coach Patino or or somebody else called you and said, "Hey, uh, here's a Minnesota offer." Yeah, I was actually coming back from my workout and it was my mom's birthday, and uh, my coach called me and said that the Gophers want to offer you. So I got on the phone with Coach Patino and he gave me the offer. And I mean, was it just jubilation? Yeah, it was. It was a proud moment. And then Marquette. Did Marquette offer then soon thereafter, or was Marquette before the Gophers? No, Marquette was, I think, two days off after. So, yeah. And then how did that one, I mean, was it Coach Woj calling you directly, or no, take was, us through that moment? It was uh, Coach Stan Johnson. After practice, Coach Nick took me in the room. He said that Marquette wants to offer you, and got on the phone with him and got another offer. I mean, is it just crazy at your age to already have multiple offers? Yeah, that's a blessing. It's a blessing. I mean... The cliche-filled question would be, where do you see yourself in a couple of years? Like, as you play this thing out over the next couple of years, where do you see yourself? Um, I see myself eventually getting to the NBA, and if I can't do that, then just being a coach or being uh, involved with basketball somehow. When you say the NBA, is there is there a particular player that you pattern your game after? Is there somebody that you watch YouTube clips of or anything along those lines? Uh, my favorite player is Paul George, so I say him. And Paul, I mean, 6'9", 6'10", but... He's got some position flexibility, so I suppose you can relate in that regard that whether you're a one or a two, you can play multiple positions like Paul. Yeah. What are some goals here the, the rest of the way on an individual basis? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish here over the next few weeks? Um, I'd say just uh, going on a deep playoff run with my team, and hoping to make it to the state championship. Have you been to any Gophers games this year? No, not yet. Is there any plans to get to one? Uh, next year, for sure. Next year or next week? Next year. Next year. I mean, do you watch them on TV? Like, did you watch the Indiana game, the Iowa game? Do you watch how they play? I haven't got a chance to watch them recently, but I've watched them before. I mean, what about the style of play that they run, that Patino runs? You know, what stands out? I mean, how does that fit your skill set? Um, I think they get up and down pretty well, and I think that fits in my game because I like to play fast and get my teammates shots. And, yeah. Ninth grader from Totino Grace High School, Tayson Chapman, I'll empty out my figurative notebook before we get to Mikey and Joey Anderson's dad next segment. Plus, we'll get to former Gophers defensive lineman Sam Renner and former Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks wide receiver, the brother of Brandon Zilstra, Shane Zilstra. So we'll get to those three conversations next segment here on Scoop Podcast episode 286, but in no particular order, Mitch Garver. His deal is done. The Twins have wrapped up a lot of contracts with their pre-arbitration players. The big one would be Mitch Garver, just based on the year he had last year. Mitch signs for $620,000, I am told. That is about $60,000 over the minimum. Yes, it's highway robbery, but it's the system. The system is broken. Credit to the Twins for going way above the minimum. They could have screwed him. They could have paid him the minimum, and it would have been fine. The player has no power, but credit to the Twins 
for going at least a little bit above and beyond. Colin McHugh, the former Astro, signed a major league deal on Thursday with the Boston Red Sox. The Twins had conversations about signing McHugh, but they weren't willing to give him a major league contract. They had interest in bringing him in on a non-roster invite deal. He held out. It worked out well. He lands with the Red Sox, and it's a full-fledged major league deal. On Daniel Oturu, there are no NBA scouts scheduled to be at the barn on Sunday for the Nebraska game, but a bunch of scouts will be at the Big Ten tournament next week. There were seven scouts at the recent Wisconsin game in Madison, and there were five scouts at the recent game in Bloomington, Indiana, against the Hoosiers. Signs continue to point to Oturu going pro. In fact, I had a Western Conference scouting director unsolicited. Well, solicited from the standpoint of I just said it was open-ended via text. Hey, thoughts on Daniel Oturu? He texted back, lottery pick. Now, he's not a lottery pick on every person's board, every team's board. But that is just one example of what a you know pretty high-up individual in an NBA front office thinks of Daniel Oturu. A little bit more on Patino. Normally, there's some steam. Like this time last year, it was unfortunate for Tim Miles, but there was buzz this time last year behind the scenes that Nebraska was already working back channels to sign Fred Hoiberg. There just there aren't those signs right now when it comes to the Gophers. Is it possible Mark Coyle is doing a bunch of different stealth-type work where it's completely under the radar that very few, maybe only one other person knows, it's very, very secret? I suppose. Never say never. I'm just saying there is no evidence to suggest that the Gophers will let go Patino and cut him a big fat check. Let's not underplay the money aspect to all this. $2 million if you want to fire him. Then if you want to bring in Eric Musselman or Scott Drew or some other current standing head coach, you would have to cut that university a big check to buy that coach out of his contract. Then you would need to pay that coach $4 million a year, give or take, maybe three and a half. But I just don't know if the university's athletic department is willing to spend millions upon millions of dollars to make a move. I don't think, right or wrong, that Mark Coyle had huge expectations for the Gophers this year. And because of that, I think he can look at it and say, hey, Patino's made it to the NCAA tournament two of the last four years. Last year was nice. Hey, in these parts, it's rare to win an NCAA tournament game. He did that against Louisville. Let's bring him back for eighth year. So I'm just saying, as I sit here today on Friday, March 6th, my sense is Richard Patino will be back. On the Wolves, I was told when, not if, the Wolves convert Jordan McLaughlin's two-way deal. Is it possible at some point this month or early in April the Wolves end up waving somebody? Omari Spellman? Maybe Evans? I think if they knew that somebody would claim one of those guys, they might do that to get underneath the luxury tax. Like, look at Denver earlier this week waving Jordan McRae. Now, it turns out Phoenix wanted to claim him. Denver knew that, but Detroit had priority. Detroit ends up claiming McRae, but Denver did that because they knew somebody would claim the McRae contract. They then free up some flexibility. They end up signing Troy Daniels. The Wolves would like to convert Jordan McLaughlin to a standard deal or even a 10-day contract, but they need to do some maneuvering to get into that position. But I was told when, not if, that McLaughlin is in the Wolves at least foreseeable future plans. I don't want to say long-term. We just saw the changes you know, in February with, with the Wolves roster. So I don't want to suggest long-term. But, yeah, the Wolves absolutely want McLaughlin 
on the roster next year. James Johnson did a funny interview with Marnie Gellner on the FSN postgame show after the Wolves beat the Bulls on Wednesday night. He was shirtless. He thought he was going to do a radio interview. Ends up being a TV interview, so it turned out to be pretty hilarious. James Johnson is a money soundbite entertaining guy. Anyway, he looks to be in solid shape. Watch the games. James Johnson looks to be in solid shape. Hey, there's incentive for that. Let's not forget the Miami Heat do this with contracts. The Miami Heat are pretty rare in this regard, but James Johnson has incentives in his contract. We're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we are talking real money that he can earn if he has a certain BMI slash weight. So James Johnson in a position to earn a few extra dollars at the end of the season for being in shape. We await word still on Carl Anthony Towns. Will he undergo surgery on that wrist? The hope is that he can return at some point this year, but if he does need surgery, he would be out for the season. What else do I have written down? The Vikings are operating as if Anthony Harris won't be back. They're not necessarily operating on the same wavelength when it comes to Trey Waynes, although I think signs point to Trey Waynes also being an ex-Viking soon enough, but Anthony Harris... Yeah, I think it's about a foregone conclusion that he will end up elsewhere. Judd Zolgad, who speaks loudly on this station and prominently, he told me to check on the possibility that Mike Zimmer may not get a contract extension, that he could be a lame duck coach this particular year. I am waiting to hear back on that front. I have nothing to advance on that front, something that is on my radar. I've been led to believe going back multiple weeks that it was inevitable that Zimmer would get a contract extension, but who knows? Maybe talks went south. I'm trying to find out more information, but I wanted to pass it along as something that I wrote down. TV ratings on Sunday, going back to the busy day that was Sunday. In order, Gophers-Badgers was number one. Number two was Wild Capitals. Number three was Twins-Rays, an exhibition game. Number four was Wolves-Mavericks. Number five was Minnesota united and Portland. Very, very tiny separation between the Wolves and United. Very, very tiny separation between the Gophers and Wilds. But you think about all those local teams playing on Sunday, and you know what? It helps, too, that there's a lot of Badgers transplants, Wisconsinites, here in the Twin Cities viewing area. So certainly some of that Gophers-Badgers audience, that was Badgers fans. But nonetheless, still noteworthy that the Gophers basketball game had the highest of those five teams. Russell Okung traded to the Carolina Panthers. I wrote that down because the Vikings wanted Russell going back a few years ago, and they swung and missed on him. They tried to get him. They ended up with Riley Reef. I've been asked about Lindsey Whalen's house being on the market. I guess City Pages wrote something about it, her house in Golden Valley. She's not going anywhere. Well, she is, I guess. She's moving to another house. She ended up, and her husband, who's a great local golfer, they ended up buying a house, I'm told, on a golf course, so she is moving from my city, Golden Valley. Golden Valley is part of the Hopkins School District. It sounds like there will be a cool happening at Hopkins High School on Monday morning involving Paige Beckers, one of the greatest girls' high school basketball players in Minnesota high school basketball history. I was texting with Bob Coughlin, Carter Coughlin's dad, the other day. He's on a mission trip in South America, somewhere far, far away. He didn't have cell service for many days. He didn't know how well Carter did at the Combine until like 48 hours later. I mean, Bob Coughlin does so much when it comes to charitable work and giving back. I mean, that man is a saint. But anyway, I found it interesting that he didn't know for multiple days that Carter had kicked some serious butt at the Combine in Indianapolis. All right, when we come back, we'll catch up with Jerry Anderson. That's Joey and Mikey Anderson's dad. Plus, we'll catch up with 
Shane Zilstra, and Sam Renner, the former Gopher. So stay with us. It is the Scoop Podcast. It's a Friday night, so I am feeling all right. Welcome back, everyone. It is the Scoop Podcast right here on Score North on 1500. Episode 286 continues on this Friday night, the 6th of March. The other day, I connected with Jerry Anderson. He is Joey and Mikey Anderson's dad. Remember Joey and Mikey at Hill Murray High School, then at UMD, the brothers won. Well, in Mikey's case, multiple national championships. In Joey's case, one national championship. It was a cool story on Saturday. So the Andersons, Jerry, his wife, his daughter, they had scheduled a trip to California going back many weeks because Mikey plays for Ontario of the Kings you know, minor league system, Ontario, the Ontario Reign in Ontario, California, which isn't far from Los Angeles. They figured, let's go out to L.A., We can watch Mikey play for Ontario. Then the New Jersey Devils play the L.A. Kings. Older brother Joey, they're 11 months apart. Older brother Joey plays for the New Jersey Devils. So we'll go on Saturday afternoon. We'll go watch the Devils and the Kings. We'll watch Joey play. We'll catch Mikey playing out there when we're out there because it's close to Los Angeles. Well, lo and behold, while they're out there, Mikey gets the call up. Mikey Anderson gets called up to the L.A. Kings to make his NHL debut on Saturday against the Devils, against his brother. Really, really cool story. So anyway, Jerry just got back to town the other day. I caught up with Jerry to relive how cool Saturday was to see his boys, Joey and Mikey, go head-to-head with Mikey making his NHL debut. Here's my conversation with Jerry Anderson. Jerry, like if I wrote a movie script, I don't know if I could script it the way it actually played out the other day. Like... Just put into words like how special that was, everything that happened to both your sons and, and being on the ice at the same time. Uh, you're right. It, it, it is like a fairy tale. Um, couldn't have scripted it better. Um, even now, a few days later, it's hard to put into words. Um, you know, the emotions start to, to let go a little bit, and you, it just kind of appreciate that what a neat opportunity. And I think the biggest thing, and my wife has said this all along, is that we all got to be together. Um, and the odds for Joey to get to see Mikey's first game, let alone play against him, was uh, that was probably the most special thing because we never thought that would happen. Take us back to that moment when the phone rang when Mikey said, "Hey, I'm getting called up." Well, we were uh, sitting outside of his apartment playing cribbage, and he came out and said, "Hey, I, I just got a phone call to wake me up from my nap. It was uh, it was Rob Blake. I'm I'm going up." And you know, and then a lot of screaming, hugging. Uh, he was calm. Everyone else was pretty excited. I mean, was there a sense the way he was playing that this day would come? And it certainly helps that L.A. is, unfortunately for them, not in the thick of a playoff race. But was it a matter of when? Did you did you guys sense, hey, it's it's going to happen soon? Um, you, don't, you don't ever know the timing. It seemed like it. there was a, a good chance of it. They, they uh, had traded away some veteran defensemen, um, which created space. And they talked openly about wanting to get young guys some opportunity. So... We definitely thought there was a possibility, but again, there's there's no promises or guarantees. What's the sense of fulfillment on your end? I mean, I have to imagine growing up, all the time you spent with your boys and your daughter too, but your boys and driving them at God knows what time in the morning to get them to the rink and just all the hard work, all the work that went into, you know, having them maximize their skill sets and to see them both on the highest stage possible, the biggest stage possible. Just what's the sense of fulfillment from your standpoint? 
Um, the fulfillment isn't really in the how much we put into it because, to be honest, I love doing it. I coached. I never minded going to the rink earlier, staying late. Um, so that was fun. Um, the fulfillment is more seeing them get to chase their dreams. I mean, that's the as a, as a as a parent, that's the part that's really fulfilling. What was it like post game when when you got to see both boys? Uh, quick. Yeah, um, I think as you know, they get out of there pretty quickly. So we uh, were ushered down to the family room and. Um, took a couple of quick pictures, probably a few more than the boys wanted to. Um, you know, some hugs and hey, we'll see you soon. So it, it was it was really quick. Take us back through the story. So you booked this trip going back a number of weeks, and it just so happens that you know Mikey gets the call, and everything just works out even that much better. Yeah, I, I actually planned it. We looked at the schedule for um, the rain, and then in, there were two. That's the AHL team for the Kings, and there were two uh, two home weekends in a row. Uh, the trade deadline was in between there, and the Devils drew in their West Coast swing. So, um, yeah, I booked the, the trip back in January and, and uh, was hoping things would line up. And if they didn't, we'd have a nice vacation uh, at the end of February in California. But it, if it did, like, uh, like ended up happening, it would, you know became really special. i ask you about Joey in a sec, but uh, Mikey, I mean, wins the multiple national championships at UMD and gets to the NHL pretty quick. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 been a good run. We're not gonna lie. Um, you know, he uh, but he plays the game the right way, and he and he goes about his business, and and um, he knows what he is and what he's good at and what he needs to work on. So you know, hopefully that that helps propel him and carry him to uh, again to reach his full potential. On reaching his full potential, when did you realize that him playing professionally was something that was realistic? I mean, was it? At some point in high school, was it him when, whenever he wore that USA sweater? Was it sometime at UMD? Was it when his name was called on, on draft day? I mean, when did it become a reality that, okay, he can make it to the NHL? Um, I don't know if there was a spe- specific time. Um, I know at a certain point it's like, okay, college is going to be a reality, and then then the sights start aiming a little bit higher. So yeah, probably like 16 or 17 when he started started to do well in the USHL. Um that you start looking and think this this could happen, and again, so many things have to go right. You have to stay healthy, and there's luck and all kinds of things. But at that point, it it became a realistic goal, and uh, and then his hard work is you know what helped get him to actually achieve it. What was it like getting back to the office and just seeing all your work buddies? I mean, just reliving everything that took place. Yeah, I got to tell the same few stories a couple of times yesterday, um, as I was trying to fish through a couple of weeks of email, but. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Everyone was pretty excited. I mean, you know, I guess what stands out, like when you're reliving those moments with, with your friends and, and your coworkers, I mean, you know, what jumps right to mind? I, honestly, it isn't even the hockey stuff. It's more the, the dinner we had the night before the game and um, the off-ice things and just getting to spend time with the kids. That, that was really the biggest thing. Um, that's not what people want to hear about, but that, you know, that actually was the most memorable. The big key now, I mean, it's one thing to make it, and this applies to both your sons, but it's another thing to be able to sustain, right? Maintain this level, maintain that position in the National Hockey League. Yeah, it's there. There's always somebody else coming up looking for your job, and again, both of my guys are still in the in the spot where they're kind of doing the hunting. Um, you just, you know, the short time that we've been, you know, fortunate enough to be involved in pro hockey, you realize there's there's nothing guaranteed and, and nothing's given, so it's uh, it's a day to day grind. What was it like? I mean, what's it like that second time around? I mean, watching Mikey make his debut compared to, you know, when you watch Joey make his debut. Well, we didn't, we weren't able to be at his first game. So that part of this was really special. 
Uh, he got the call up, and we actually were traveling to Notre Dame to watch UMD. And uh, so we watched that one on TV. So this one was, was better in the sense that we were there. Um, but that was that was equally exciting. Okay, so, I mean, there was no way to reverse, and the plans were in place, and you were going to be in South Bend regardless, and it just it didn't work out timing-wise? Uh, actually, was we, we got the calls. We were driving down on a on Saturday, or excuse me, Thursday, I think it was, or Friday. It was Friday. Anyway, um, he didn't know if he was going to be in the lineup. And so we were looking for flights from South Bend to figure out. And the, the only flight we could get was a 6.30 a.m. flight, and he wouldn't know until around 9 whether he was playing. So he said, well, let's just wait. And we got the call at 9, and he said, I'm in. So we quickly got a subscription to the uh, NHL Network. <laughs> I saw the video that... that- seemingly went viral of of joey mikey what was it pregame you know normally the player makes that kind of lap around but they had a little moment there where where they passed a puck in between each other yeah the uh i think it was the players on the devils honestly um had joey go do a solo lap as well and he saw mikey and he flipped him a puck so that was that was pretty neat for them to be out there together i mean just chills like as you're sitting there in the stand seeing that like just describe that feeling it, it's surreal honestly it, it's it's something you can't explain. It's it's just one of those moments. What have been the conversations like? I mean, as you talk to, you know, both boys. You know, I mean, the last few days. I mean, just both of them still on cloud nine. Yes and no. Um, then they settle and have to play the next game. Mikey took a puck off the chin and thought he lost some teeth and got a bunch of stitches. And Joey was on a plane to Vegas um, and they had a rough one there last night. So um, they're still really happy and excited for each other, but. It's it's it sounds cliche-ish, but it, it's back to work. Jerry Anderson, the father of Joey and Mikey Anderson, Hill Murray and UMD, and now both brothers play in the NHL. Mikey making his NHL debut on Saturday for the LA Kings. Joey has been playing a handful of games for the New Jersey Devils. He's been with the Devils for a good stretch. The two brothers are eleven months apart. Cool, cool hockey family. Congratulations. To the Andersons. All right, let's now transition to football. I was over at Training House recently. I was bonding with my guy, Bill Welly, one of the great local trainers. He's training a bunch of college prospects as they get ready for pro day, including Sam Renner, the former Gophers defensive lineman from Maple Grove High School. Sam had a really good 2019 for the Gophers. He'll take part in Gophers Pro Day on March 25th. Here's my conversation with former Gophers defensive lineman, Sam Renner. Sam, just what's this journey been like? Like I think about, you know, you coming out of Maple Grove and then you redshirt with the Gophers. Mm -hmm. Then you really don't play a whole lot, I guess, what year was that? 2016. Yep. Right? Like take us back to 2016 to this moment. Like just so much has happened. Yeah, that was when, um, that was Tracy Clays' first season and it was kind of a long one. Wasn't traveling with the team. Um, Just got off my second knee injury. I wasn't really looking great for football. Um, but it was something where I came this far, um, I knew I was going to get my degree first, um, and then I stuck with football and things ended up gotten better. Um, Coach Fleck got in and kind of the rest is history, but uh, sometimes all you need is that one opportunity um, and that's kind of what we're working for right here. When did you transition to the defensive line, like in high school, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you play a lot of offense? Like when, when did you make that transition to, okay, you know, I'm an interior defensive lineman? So in high school, I was a fullback um, and tight end. I don't really look like a fullback, but that's kind of what our team needed at that time. So got to Minnesota, was a defensive end, um, probably about 240. Um, Played first two years as a defensive end, and then 
uh, that third year, uh, Coach Fleck kind of talked to me, and it was after I got my scholarship, um, and he said, we like what you're at at defensive end, but you're a physical defensive end, and uh, we needed you uh, to add depth to the interior. Um, we had lost a lot of guys, and we hadn't recruited a ton at that position, so um, I saw it as an opportunity for me to get on the field the quickest, and because we had the least amount of depth, so I said okay. Um, as a lot of defensive ends know, that it's probably not the funnest position to go inside, but um, it's something that the team needed, and it really helped me um, in my game and become a better football player. Yeah, I mean, so you were 240 at one point. What were you coming out of high school? And like, what do you weigh now? So high school, I played my senior season at about 230. Got to college at 240. Um, probably throughout that time, got up to 260 by the time Fleck got there. Um, and now I'm sitting at about 285, 290 right now. Um, so weight gain has been a kind of a massive priority. Um, and, and that's obviously something I've been focusing on. Um, that's kind of a feedback I've gotten from agents and scouts and teams. Um, it's kind of like, where do we put this guy? Um, is he a defensive end or is he a defensive tackle? And if he's a defensive tackle, well, he's kind of small to be a defensive tackle. Um, so I'm working on to address those uh, questions right now. All right, well, I mean, where do you see yourself? I mean, I guess when those scouts and agents and what have you, when people reach out to you, what do you tell them? Like, uh, you know, I guess the cliche felt question would be a year from now, two years from now, like what's the future hold? So right now, um, I'm wanting to do my pro day at that 285, 290 range, um, hopefully closer to 290. Um, and I'm pretty much sitting there right now, so I don't have a ton of weight to gain. Um, but the big thing I kind of tell scouts and tell teams is that I can play defensive end and I can play defensive tackle. So kind of the big value that I'm going to bring to a team is that I'm going to be able to pick up two spots on the defensive line um, so you don't have to keep another guy. Um, and there's only 53 spots on a roster. Uh, it's extremely difficult to make the NFL. Um, so you got to become as valuable as you can to an organization. And that's kind of my skill set right now. Like, you're a great story of perseverance. Like, how much does that drive you? Like, you didn't get an invite to the Combine, but are you like, oh, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, think about where you were 2015 to now. You're just going to keep grinding, aren't you? Yeah, so like I said, sometimes all you need is a chance. Uh, came out as a walk-on, um, ended up being really good at Minnesota, and now uh, we have this opportunity right here. Unfortunately, no, we didn't get a combine invite, um, but it's not like there's nobody that ever played in the NFL without a combine invite. Um, there's a ton of, at least I think I saw a stat, like 20% of the league's undrafted. Um, so never say never. Um, I think that's why people love sports, because you always have those perseverance stories. Um, but yeah, it's a big thing for me to kind of keep going, because um, one day you're going to look back and you're going to have to tell people about your story, um, and it's going to be a lot better if it's a good outcome. When did making money playing football like really come under your radar? Was it 2018, 2019, like, mm -hmm. you know, this past year? Like, when did you say, okay, I can go make money playing football? It was probably at the end of 2018. Actually, it would have been early 2019 in terms of the spring. Uh, my roommate, Blake Cashman, ended up just getting drafted. Um, and then I started looking at kind of the guys in the draft um, and the guys a year ahead of me on what they did, what they looked like, um, and how good of football players they were. Um, and then I ended up starting to think that they're not so different from me. Um, and I knew that it would take a lot of work and it's not like it's an easy process. Obviously, you have 132 college FBS schools. Um, that's just D1 that every senior wants to go to the NFL. Um, and then you have only 53 spots on each team. So it's not easy, but it's something where 
you have to look at yourself and um, obviously there's numbers that involve in terms of height, weight, arm length. Um, but if you have those, then you have a legitimate opportunity. Um, and if you're able to succeed at the Division One level, um, there's a likelihood that you can succeed at the NFL level. How much of a whirlwind has it been? I mean, Chris was down in Tampa with you guys. You guys win the Outback Bowl. Next thing you know, is it like just a few days later, you're here working on all this combine training? Yeah, it's it took a little bit of planning. Um, I had this kind of all mapped out in November and stuff like that during the season. But it's, yeah, you finish your bowl game. Uh, you took that weekend off, and we started that Monday right after the bowl game. Um, and it's something you got to get as much work as you can in this eight to 12 week period um, and it's literally the biggest job interview of your life so you have to be able to impress people because I mean like I said there's thousands of other kids that want the exact spot you want and there's hundreds of other men that want to keep their job in the NFL so it's not like they're just gonna let you take it um, but I think John Gruden said a good thing on hard knocks is that you got to be a dream killer um, and you got to go take someone else's dream so. And so that's the motto you live by, that you're a dream killer? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess I could say that. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of what you got to be in this level. Have you seen noticeable improvement? Like, we're at about, what, the halfway point. Mm -hmm. March 25th is fast approaching, but you got about five-ish weeks to go until Pro Day. Do you feel like in these first five weeks you've you've noticed you know some gains and, and you can see that you're getting better? Yeah, definitely. Um, Bill here is great in terms of teaching the technique. Um, there's three main running drills, obviously, your 40, your pro agility, and your three cone. Um, and all of them have certain steps that you need to take at certain yardages, um, and they all need to be tailored to your body type and body height and stuff. So obviously, you're going to get way better in the first couple weeks, and now we're at the point where we're, we know what we're supposed to do, um, and we're just fine-tuning it to make it uh, muscle memory because obviously when the stopwatches come out and all the scouts are looking at you, uh, you get really nervous. So you got to be able to perform under pressure at that point. I'll leave you with this. The future of the Gophers program. Like, how excited are you to see where it now goes with all the guys back, especially on offense? Like, okay, Outback Bowl, heck of an accomplishment. But are you now thinking in the next couple of years, PJ is going to take these guys to the Big Ten Championship game and to Pasadena? Yes, without a doubt. Um, when Fleck got here, it was not if, it's when. Um, and I think he has not changed at all with that. Um, so offense, it'll be dynamic as I'll get out next year. Um, it's going to be a high-scoring offense just like P.J. wants it. Um, and I think defense returns a lot of guys too. I think people overlook that. Um, but I think Coach Rossi and the defensive staff will do really well. Um, but that, I mean, that's the goal. We're not aiming at even Rose Bowls anymore. You're aiming at national championships. And that's a perspective that I think people in Minnesota never dreamt possible before Fleck got here so and he's he's kind of crazy but is a good crazy because I mean nobody would have thought Minnesota in the national championship at week 12 last year was even possible um, but before we went into Wisconsin it was still a very possible um, thing so former Gophers defensive lineman Sam Renner we wrap up the podcast my conversation with Shane Zilstra, former wide receiver for Minnesota State Mankato, the younger brother of Carolina Panther, the former Viking, Brandon Zilstra. My conversation with Shane Zilstra. Shane, just how is this process going? It is a process, but you're now, what, four or five weeks in, and you're about four or five weeks out from pro day. Yep, that's right. Um, the process has been uh, amazing. You know, working at the training house, working with Bill Willie has been great. I feel like I've learned so much, and like you said, it's only been five weeks, and we still have 
you know, we're just crossing a halfway point. So it's uh, cool to see and it's fun to see um, where it will take us in 10 weeks here. Where has it taken you in five weeks? I mean, like, have you noticed, you know, vast improvement even in these five weeks? Absolutely. Um, you know, Bill does a great job of you know, breaking things down by, by the millisecond. And it's just something you don't get, you don't have the time or resources uh, when you're in college. So it's pretty cool to see. Um, and it's, it's fun to see the improvement, you know, like I said, it's only been five weeks, and it's just fun to see the improvement already, so it's pretty eye-opening. Whirlwind for you? I mean, you guys make the lengthy run. Next thing you know, you're probably here working out. Yep. Uh, I don't know exactly the time frame, but it was maybe a week or two, and I was back here. I knew I was coming here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we finished late. Obviously, didn't finish the way we wanted, um, but I knew I was coming here, and I was excited to start. Individually, though, I mean, do you feel like, I mean, you had one heck of a run in Mankato, but do you feel like this last year went really well for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I spent the off season just working, working out and working on my weaknesses and trying to, you know, improve from last season like every season, like everyone does. Um, but, yeah, I think I excelled um, prior to last season. So, What were those weaknesses? Um, you know, uh, a big thing in Division Two is getting off press, and then that's the work that we're getting transitioning from the college to the pro levels. Just getting off press, and then straight linear speed is something I've been working a lot on. I mean, is it crazy? I mean, just how much work goes into? I mean, I'm watching you guys put in the, the 40 work here. Just, you know, just how much work just goes into the start? Like, is it just crazy to think about? It's it's unbelievable. The amount of detail um, that you have to put in, like a lot of people say, and a lot of people know, you know, it's a start that you know makes the 40. So we spend a ton of time on just the start alone. So there's just a ton of details. It's pretty crazy. Are you already? I mean, going back junior year, senior year. I mean, scouts come through Mankato. Like, have you heard? You know, through the grapevine that the NFL teams absolutely have you on their radar? Um, I've heard a few um, like that. We had quite a few teams, maybe 25 to 30, uh, come through Mankato and watch practices. Not only watching me, but watching some other guys as well. Um, but yeah, so we'll see We'll see what happens in the next few weeks here. What sort of resource is your brother? He's, he's incredible. Um, just to have that resource is uncommon amongst a lot of people. Uh, so it's awesome to have him. You know, we bounce ideas off each other or whatnot, and he's able to help me transition through this process from the college to the pros. Not only him as a resource, but Adam Thielen. I mean, you have some sort of relationship with Adam. What yeah. sort of resource is Adam? Yeah, he's been great. Um, I actually reached out to him last week, and he's gone most of March, I guess. Uh, we're going to try to get some field work in. Um, when he comes back and he has a little bit more time. So, yeah, it's another great resource that I'll be able to utilize. I mean, it doesn't matter what level, whether it's D2, you know, FCS, whatever it might be, if you can play, the NFL teams are going to take notice. Yep, and that's just it. And I think uh, teams are starting to realize that more and more, um, that there are, there is talent at every division, Division, excuse me. And um, it's just nice to see, you know, obviously Adam Thielen paved the way for Minnesota State and the NSIC. But, yeah, it's cool to see that, you know, they're starting to take notice for these smaller school guys. Shane Zilstra, Minnesota State Mankato, hoping to latch on with an NFL team in the coming months. We are done. That is it for Scoop Podcast episode 286.